In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, good morning, girlfriends. I have to give you a quick warning because you're about to listen to a rated PG-13 radio show. And you have been officially warned if you have little ones running around. But the answer for today is erotic, New York Times bestseller, and mommy porn. Okay, so that means there has to be a question if you just gave an answer. And the question would be 50 Shades of Grey, a book that is causing conversations everywhere. I mean, you can't get away from it. It's in, you know, when you go to have your hair done, when you're visiting, you know, people at a party in a, in a home, um, or even in our churches and our ministries, women are talking about this book. So today we are going to plunge into what we're going to call the danger zone and ask some controversial questions and maybe stir the pot a little bit. So we're kind of warning you, um, cause we just want to get the dialogue going and talk about this. What is appropriate? What is not appropriate? What are people saying? And really understand this instead of really sticking our heads in the sand and try to avoid this. It's kind of fun to stick your head in the sand, though, I have to admit. But welcome to Girlfriend at Radio. And we're all about rallying women to do the remarkable, whether that is in your company, your family, your ministry, or just even in your friendships. But it takes resources and relationships to make that happen. And we're here to provide both. Well, Lisa and I have been traveling all over the world, which has been very exciting. This has been a, a definitely a traveling season for us. And we've gone to all kinds of great places and destinations. And along the way, we've visited historical sites and castles and all I kinds of... Interrupt. I got to interrupt you because you know my bucket list is to visit a castle. So did you get your fill of castles while you were in Ireland and England and everywhere? I did. I got my fill of castles. But what's so crazy about that, Lisa, is because of our topic this morning is one thing that we notice when we're out there is that no matter where we were, the book Fifty Shades of Grey was on display. I mean, I was like overwhelmed every time I was in. I mean, I, you know, I went to like eight different airports and it's like it was there and you couldn't get away from it and you can't help but go, what is going on? with this book. Of course, the book is literally, the display is literally oozing into the, the walkway at the airports. I agree with you. Every airport, and even when I was in London earlier in the spring, it was coming out of the stores. You would like literally bump into the displays of that book. And okay. I have to admit, this is not the Christian response, but I, I kind of want to read it. (laughs) Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. (laughs) No, you know what? I, I'm going to say it's because I want to be able to dialogue with people better. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, 
Okay, I'm not going to judge you with that statement. But <laughs> I encourage you to listen to our show and to our guests because I think you may, you might want to change your mind. I don't know. I don't know. But we, we do want to say welcome to Girlfriend at Radio. And um, this is Patty White and Lisa Jernigan. And today, our guest, we've had them prior on the show. And I just, it was so exciting talking to them that I actually called them back and talked to them for almost an hour just chit chatting because they're just such a neat couple, fun communicators. And they're just this, um, I don't know, this bucket of knowledge and information. But they're co founders of Solation. And they've worked seven years side-by-side as a national husband-wife speaking and writing team. So for those of you who um, are up for some fabulous speakers, you can go to our website and find out more information about them. They have three graduate degrees, so they're, you know, they're on our intellectual level, Lisa. I just (laughs) wanted you to know that with their uh, philosophy. (laughs) Philosophy of religion and ethics and performing arts. Um, They have previous books, which um, I have read through them. They're fabulous books, Living with Questions, Ruby Slippers, and Coffee Shop Conversations, which I would highly, highly, highly recommend. And they've been featured in Christianity Today, Unchristian, What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity, The Washington Post, and The Wall Street Journal. So we are so excited to have them. They're probably like sitting there with their coffee in Steamboat Springs, Colorado uh, right now. They probably just went off on a hiking trip, and they're back here now to talk sex with us. So welcome, 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 Jonalyn and Dell. How are you? Thank you. We're great. We're great. I wish we had some coffee. We're sitting at the library without coffee, but now you're making me want one. <laughs> okay, you're sitting at the library. That, that's, that's something that Lisa and I would be doing, too. <laughs> we're actually sitting with our coffee, so. <laughs> it sounds to me more like you'd be sitting in a castle somewhere, not in a library. <laughs> okay, you know what's funny? The, the one castle we went to in Ireland, you probably know the name of it in, like, the last, you know, 500 centuries or whatever, that all, everything about it. But the castle we went to, in the kitchen, the whole kitchen fell off into the ocean, and the... The woman there, yeah. obviously, she didn't survive. But I thought, okay, who built a castle that close to the ocean? Wow. Wow. I wonder what their you know insurance what? claim was 500 centuries ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're a guy. You would think that. <laughs> I know. I love it. Well, we have so many questions to ask you guys um, regarding this book. Jonalyn, I noticed um, from your blogs that you, you have read this book, and um, you've had some incredible conversations on, on this topic. Uh, can you go ahead and, and jump in? Uh, would you advocate for Christian women to avoid this book, or would you advocate for them to read it? You know, that's such a good question. I think that the way you respond to this book is very... Um, revealing of where you are personally with the issue of um, sex and sexual fantasies and more of the um, edgier and even dangerous side of sexual experiences. So I think to avoid the book entirely, even thinking about why people are reading it, is a disservice to yourself because it's popular for a reason, and that means um, the culture around you cares about it. So I would not say everyone should go out and read this book. 
but I do think everyone ought to think about why it's so popular. Um, one, I think it was Patty who said, I want to read it just so that I can have a conversation like tongue-in-cheek. Was that Patty who said that? Yes, of course. And you know, the curi- <laughs> I'm the curious one that's so inappropriate. So I... I w- <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I don't think that is entirely inappropriate. Um, <laughs> I, I think this book... Um, reveals um, a really edgy sexual story, definitely erotica, um, about a girl who beats a guy she wants to reform. So it's um, it's actually it's an S&M Cinderella story. Um, and when I say S&M, those, that's uh, an acronym standing for um, subjugation, sadism, and dominance, which is, um, and this is why this is the PG-13 <laughs> um, episode, but those, those um, words stand for things that people do um, in private, sexually, to either tie up or dominate or inflict pain, not for the sake of abuse, but for the sake of turning each other on. And this book really takes a, um, a minority view of what is appropriate in sex and pulls it into the spotlight in American culture and, and has gotten women wondering, curious, and even practicing some of these things. Okay. You you kind of have it have us on the BDSM. Um, I have never heard of of this. I don't know if it's an acronym or whatever. But what you said it stands for bondage and discipline and yeah, dominance. It's, a, it's for I know it's it's a lot. It's kind of like um, trial by fire. Let me give you a one on one on this. Um, <laughs> so BDSM. This is an acronym. It's a four letter acronym. It actually stands for six things. So B is for bondage, D is for dominance and discipline, S stands for two things, subjugation um, and sadism, and then the M, um, the M at the end stands for masochism. So all these words, probably your listeners and you are starting to cringe and, and taste that sort of fear in the back of your mouth because these are words that are honestly scary for a reason. Yes. And, you know, in our last show that we talked with you guys, we had shared that Lisa and I actually, um, we go into the strip clubs and we have gone to the porn conferences and um, seen way more than than we ever thought that we we would expose ourselves to. But this is a whole nother topic that um, we're just, I don't know, you don't, you just don't hear about that. So the fact that this is becoming the, the norm in our culture, that this book is becoming the number one bestseller, and I heard especially for ebook. Yes, huge. It's being devoured. <laughs> this book is so hot right now. Um, number one bestseller on Amazon. You know that tells you something. And this this is a question I have, Lisa, because I'm curious too. Yeah. Why are people reading it? What is drawing them? Especially when this is the topic, is this the BDSM or whatever? I, I'm, I'm. This is, is really kind of crazy. Uh, we have two minutes um, till break, so this the segment just flew by. But real quick before we go into the commercial, um, what what exactly? I mean, I'm hearing that it's going to be they're making it into a movie. They have movie rights yeah. on this as well. What would be the the one thing that you would say that this is why are people just snapping this book up? 
I think the number one reason, and oh, you know, before I forget, because if there are people practicing DDSM listening to me, I just realized when I used the word D, I said dominance. That D actually symbolizes discipline, um, okay. which is confusing. So I just want to make a quick correction for those who are going to jump on me because of this episode. Um, but why are women reading this? Why are they snapping it? Why is it hot? Why is it around and not going away? I think the number one reason is that women are sexually hungry. If you are engaged in a marriage or in a, um, a relationship where you feel like your sexual needs are not being met, you will go to erotica or romance novels to find yourself, getting yourself to feel alive again, wanted again. And erotica works because you put yourself into the shoes of the woman and you imagine it happening to you, all these things happening to you. And when you're hungry, just like when you're hungry for food, you will eat anything. And that's really interesting, Jonalyn, that um, you're comparing the, the sex to, to hunger because, well, and I'm all about that. And I'm all about having a conversation about hot sex. So we are going to go to our commercial and we're going to come back and we are talking with Jonalyn and Del Fincher. And right now our topic is Fifty Shades of Grey and should we read this book? Stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Get ready to live my bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginap.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, Check out her website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. 
a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Lisa and Patty, and we are having a lively discussion and conversation talking about the popular book, Fifty Shades of Grey. And our guests today are Dale and Jonalyn Fincher. And we just so appreciate both of you because you're going to give the both sides of this issue, as we've been talking about, is very controversial. It's almost becoming mainstream thinking. And that's kind of the danger with some of this is uh, so many women don't even know when they read a book like this and it kind of, you know, um, get some kind of stirred up and, and I think confusing is what is what is healthy and what is not healthy, what is normal, what is not normal. Dale, I'm going to direct this question to you. From a man's point of view, and in and, and this book, what it's talking about, we talked about all those, you know, those acronyms, those, you know, dominance and all that kind of stuff. From a man's point of view, how healthy is this? Is this really masculinity? On, on my view, it is not, it is not a healthy view of masculinity, even though to many different degrees, it has been like the historical view of masculinity where the man is the one in charge and the woman um, is the one who is supposed to be there submitting to the man and satisfying his desires, always being ready, always being prepared. I mean, we're still talking about it at marriage conferences. There's even a Christian, Christian a writer recently saying that if, uh, if men and women do not play out, and he was talking about a Christian perspective, if men and women do not play out where a woman is submissive to a man in the marriage bed, then it will be played out in a BDSM way. Now, he would agree that BDSM is, is, is much more exaggerated and even a perverted way to do it. But at the same time, I have to ask the question, the premise itself. Are men and women supposed to come to their sexual acts with one being more dominant, one being more submissive? Or does the scripture give us a better picture about a man and a woman, both equally made in God's image, who come as equals and take each other very seriously, neither one being over the other? Well, and I love what you said, Dell, about what does the Bible say about this? Because so many times, I think, within our churches, we do not talk about this at all. So we have a tendency, and I see it with, I have high schoolers, and it's, you know, it's the focus is you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. So they see it as this is bad, and then they get married, and we just really don't talk about it at all, for them to go, sex is incredible. It's, an, it's a huge gift from God, and people should be looking at us, the Christians, this incredible um, you know, relationship that we have is, is with Christ in the center, and go, I want what you're having. You guys have incredible hot sex, and, and that's what it should be about. No, I agree. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I think one of the confusing things is sometimes scripture is pulled out of context to justify things sexually. And since no one's talking about it, people get confused. I know the passage in Hebrews, um, Hebrews 13, 4, which says that the marriage bed is not defiled, has been used by men to force their wives to do things sexually that the wives are not comfortable with. And in context, that verse does not mean anything goes as long as you're in a marriage bed. That's not what that verse means. Mm-hmm. Uh, in context, this is not a blank check to engage in any sexual behavior. In context, throughout all of Scripture, you see the mutuality of giving and receiving and giving and receiving, um, the exhilaration God protects through marriage of the sexual act is something he's excited about. But just like anything that involves a human, it's a sacred ground. 
our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So what we do behind closed doors privately matters publicly. The things we do in secret affect the way we think of ourselves in public. And if I play a role as a woman of a slave or a tied-up, subjugated female, even if that turns me on, that doesn't make it right if I am before God an image bearer. And so with what you said then, John Allen and then Dale, what you said earlier about where we're coming into the, the marriage bed, um, respecting each other, then w- what happens here? Because you're even seeing, once again, in the body of Christ, where men, because of what it says in Hebrews, that all things are golden and good behind closed doors, that we're even getting to where, okay, we can add another person into the marriage bed because, hey, it's not harming anyone. It's okay. So so how, how are we responding to people that just keep moving that line further and further away from what's biblical? Dale, what do you think about the whole issue of the purpose of sex to begin with? Do you think that would be good to share here? Sure. I mean, everything, I mean, every action that we have starts with a much deeper theology and a philosophy about what, what it is that we are doing. And it is out of what we are doing that we can, and understanding the purpose of it, that we can then start drawing lines where is this healthy and where does it become unhealthy. I mean, the, the purpose of the, of the sexual act, um, um, historically in the church, there were three reasons why people had sex, and one was for unity. And you see that in Scripture where it says, you know, the two shall be one flesh. And it is, it is almost, it, 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 not only are you spiritually coming together, but you are physically coming together where the flesh is intersecting and interlocking. And it's not as though one, and I, I don't like the penetration language so much because it's not as though, because you can always reverse it. One person may say, well, the man penetrates, therefore he's dominant. But somebody else could say, yeah, but the woman envelops, therefore she's dominant, you know, trapping or capturing the man inside. But the word of one flesh is that you guys are, the man and the woman are, are together. So the unity is there. The second one would be, um, would be a recreation, a sense of pleasure. I find it fascinating that God actually made sex pleasurable. He could have easily made it, you know, if we were going to talk about practical aspects of it, he could have easily made, you know, sex move straight to the procreative act. You touch your thumbs together. All of a sudden, you know, somebody's pregnant and then, you know, a baby is born. But, and that's the third, the third part of it is the procreation part. But God put this, ple- all this pleasure inside of it. Now, why did he do that? Why did he put so much pleasure there? And it's not just pleasure in the intercourse act, but there's pleasure even in, in, in you know, all the body parts that are, that are down in, in that region, it's that there, there are ways to be stimulated in different ways that are not merely um, the intercourse act. And I find that there's, there's a meaning wrapped up in all of this together, and the thing that brings it all together is the idea of love and intimacy. You know, in the sex act, you have all four loves coalescing together. So in the four loves for the, that the Greeks explained out, and you see two of them sp- specifically mentioned by name in the Scripture, even though all four are present in Scripture. The first love is a love for parent, for child, and you see that in the procreative act of sex. The second one is... um as a love between friends in which you, you um, are engaging in an act together, and there's that, that, 
that uh, that familiarity of having all this in common and we're doing life together. The third uh, love is um, romance and the erotic love where you guys are, it's not just you're doing life together, but you're face-to-face, you're looking at one another, you are engaged in the beloved as though they are exclusively yours. And then the fourth one is the act of, of love for God or this unconditional absolute acceptance of this person is in my life and no matter all the scars, bumps, bruises, life history, sins, victories, everything, I accept them for who they are and I take them as an equal and take them very seriously. So in the sexual act of intimacy, we have all four loves coming together um, in this beautiful picture, which the world pays attention to. But when we reduce it down to only merely physical acts, or merely the pleasures, or merely what I can get out of it and use this other person, then the intimacy breaks down and sex itself begins to lose its meaning. That was yeah. awesome, Dale. Thank you for sharing all that. <laughs> You're welcome. You know really- what's funny is Jonathan and I first talked about this one, one day when she was helping me paint the guest room in her house, and that was before we were even dating. <laughs> so, I That's when I started falling in love. <laughs> you know, and to take everything Dale said and wrap it up and apply it to the book and the question you asked earlier about a threesome or even introducing porn into the uh, marriage to um, kind of get your, your fires going, I would say if the ultimate purpose of sex is love, intimacy, knowledge, then how is introducing a third person or pornography or practices that subjugate or dominate each other, how is that growing your intimacy? Mm-hmm. How is that creating more knowledge? Um, and, you know, I've, I've spent some time interacting with those involved in the BDSM community, and they have arguments in response to everything I'm saying. But what we need to explore more inten- intentionally is how God is not embarrassed or um, fretful when we investigate what sex is and what sex does. I think of the verse um, in Proverbs where Solomon says, let your wife delight you, be exhilarated with her love. And this is, this is a God that's not embarrassed. He's not embarrassed to talk about sex, but he's not embarrassed to say when sex is done in the way that is most ideal for your humanity. Hmm. That, that it. These are such great points. It's a really, because this kind of gets in a fuzzy conversation with women because so many women, as you guys know, have have, um, been shown a very unhealthy view of sex, of the role of men and women in their lives, whether they've experienced, you know, the sexual abuse as a child. And so they grow up, the lines are very fuzzy of healthy, non-healthy, what is the appropriate, appropriate roles, and what does love really, really look like? And just to break it down in these different areas, like in Dale, what you were saying about the four parts of love and, and you're kind of giving us that measuring grid of like, okay, so does this stand this test, you know, measure up to this test, which is so great because there's never people, I don't know what to measure it up against. And so you're giving us some good measurement guides here. We have about a minute till we have to wrap up this, this segment. Um, as we go into that, let's, let's talk when we come back from the break a little bit. Um, about how women can identify what a healthy role model is as far as the, uh, the man's role. Because I think so many times when mainstream and the culture comes in, it, it, it gets blurred and we're confused of, of what that truly, truly looks like. And we just appreciate you guys coming in from a husband and wife's perspective and just showing us what a healthy marriage looks like and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know you're making Patty blush when you're using the word penetrate and intercourse. She's talking about <laughs> 
It's a lot to make her blush. I love that, that you're making her blush. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Well, it's so awkward talking about this is because we don't have good words or they're just slang words that we're kind of embarrassed to use. So it's hard to know what words are appropriate. <laughs> well, I know. We, we, we all, we're go we all think we're 12 years old again. This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Ministry is filled with both highs and lows, victories and struggles. It can be the best job of the world, but it can also be the hardest. Where do you find the balance between serving God and the joy of truly knowing Him? Wellspring, Tending the Heart of Ministry with Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central. Join us each week as pastor's wife, best-selling author, and host Joanna Weaver interviews women who serve God from the heart, both those who are well-known and those who minister in less visible ways. You'll discover tools for the ministry, but more importantly, you'll learn how to give God access to the deep places in your heart. For ministry is more than what we just do in public. It is who we are in private. Wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So join us for an hour that just might change your life. It's Wellspring, tending the heart of ministry with host Joanna Weaver. Thursday afternoons at 5 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. We've been having a great conversation with Dale and Jonalyn Fincher, co-founders of Solation. And we've been discussing Fifty Shades of Grey, what, what this book is doing, what's the aftermath that uh, can take place in our culture with so many reading this book, and it's just being snapped off the shelves. Um, one of the questions that, that I have for either you, Jonalyn, or Dell, when so many women, and I don't, I don't know if it's hitting in the, <laughs> with males reading this book as well, 
But what would you say would be the aftermath of what could take place in reading this book? I know even for my, my own daughters, as we were walking through the airport, um, my 16-year-old, she was looking at the back of that book, you know, going, what, what is this book? It's everywhere. And she's an avid reader. And it, it led into, you know, some good conversation for, for us to talk about. But I don't know how many parents are having this conversation with their kids and their kids are seeing it's on their Kindle, it's on their computers, the book's laying on the coffee tables. Obviously, it's just opening up a whole different door to go, this is acceptable. This kind of behavior is okay. So what do you say to that? You know, I had a really interesting conversation with some women when I was getting my hair cut at the hair salon, which every girl knows is one of the best places to have conversations, especially about relationships and sex. Something happens when you get your hair cut, you just kind of let your hair down <laughs> here. <laughs> and we were talking about this book, and um, I learned a couple things. One, I did read this book because I know it's someone who tries to be aware of things that deal with sexuality, femininity, um, and following Jesus. I knew I needed to be aware of what this book was about. But as I shared that I was reading it with the group in the hair salon, one woman said she really identified with the male lead, who is pretty much everyone agrees um, sexually abusive. And she said, I identified with him because I use my sexuality to abuse people. Hmm. And I mean, everyone's listening in the hair salon. So I, I, I was, I was, I was so curious about that. I wanted to know more. How did this book help you in that? You know? And she said, "Well, the girl helped um, the sexually abusive guy, Christian Gray, helped him recover. You know, by the end of the trilogy, the way even it says Cinderella story is that she helped pull him out of the abusive sides of um, BDSM. She helped him." really recover in a way. Um, now, and not advocating this as a good way to find a guy. I don't advocate you find a guy and fix him up. That's not what I'm saying. But the book does unlock for people memories, fears. And I would say if you've had sexual abuse in your past, it can unlock things that only a professional therapist can help you work through. Hmm. That's good and scary. Mm-hmm. Because many will not go to a professional therapist. But what's fascinating to me is that women who read this book are noticing something is unlocked in them, not just the sex part, but in the um, the recovery part as well. Um, and I, I think having conversations about why sex is so powerful is something Christians can do well because we have we serve a God who says because sex is powerful, you have to be careful with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said earlier about just like when you're, you're hungry or you're craving something and you, you want that with, with reading this book, I love that you said, you know, it, the, the dialogue of that, you can help someone with recovery by asking them questions. What did they get out of that book? What, what, what made, you know, them think about this, this and that through the characters where you can get into a great conversation, conversation about, we have, you know, the God of the universe that created this powerful, powerful thing, which, which is sex. And it can be used in horrific ways and it can be used in incredible ways. So you're establishing that dialogue, but, um, I think it's good then for, for a lot of our listeners, our, our ministry leaders to know some great books to either help them with the recovery if they're going there, like like your hairstylist did with that dialogue, and I know one of the books, Mending the Soul, 
is yeah. a great mm-hmm. book. And I'm sure Ian you guys... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent book. It begins to open up the the damage you may have encountered. The thing, though, that you have to watch out is when you recommend books like this is what is the person's need? Did they read the book because they wanted to spice up their sex life or are they reading the book because they're trying to engage with um, a sexual abuse and recover from it? Usually the former and the latter pops up and they're not even aware of it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd say when you talk with someone, people will read the book and then say, oh, I want to try all these things in bed with my husband. And then husbands are like, woohoo, what a great book, you know? But so, <laughs> how can this be a bad thing? But I would recommend, since the book is a novel and it's based on false ideas of people, it's not true. Um, it's a little bit hard to believe even as you read it. I would recommend other books if you want to um, strengthen your sexuality with your husband, ways that I would consider more legitimate. And the number one book I recommend on that is Passionate Marriage by David Schnark, S-C-H-N-A-R-C-H, Passionate Marriage. And that is going to weave the emotional side with the sexual side and rekindle um, sexual passion in your marriage. Because that's one of the comments that I am hearing is that women are saying, oh, this is great for your sex life. And which does cause you to go, what? So women are reading that. I mean, then, then you are, I mean, it's even being, being tagged as mommy porn and you go, okay. And plus when it's going into, you know, movies, et cetera, that is this, is that going to be the aftermath that people think this is the norm to get into bondage and I forget the D, dominance and discipline. Discipline, right. Like if my husband spanks me and that turns me on, what's wrong with that? That's kind of the next line of thought. And that's something, Christians, and we could probably have an entire discussion on how to, how to respond to that. And the quick answer is just because something turns you on doesn't mean it's good for you. That's, and that's a great way. Yeah, that's a great way because we've been kind of skewed the other way going, it's do anything and it's in the privacy of your marriage. And, and we, and we hear that a lot. We kind of get bombarded with that a lot, but don't you think the core of the issue, a lot of this, it comes down to that a lot of women's emotional and sexual needs are not being met. So they're desperate. And this book is, is something they can kind of grab onto. And because it's hit mainstream, it's becoming a little more acceptable. So at the core of it is, is um, uh, women's emotional needs are not being satisfied and met. And that's where you go back to, okay, we need to find that satisfaction through a relationship with Jesus Christ, not, not trying to explore it in these other destructive ways. I, I hear you on that. I do. Dale, do you want to pop in and make a point? You've been kind of quiet on that. <laughs> well, I think that, that it, even if something does, you know, spice up your sex life, I, I, it goes back to the, you know, the, the core idea of what is it about this that is spicing up my sex life? And is this the new kind of a legacy of a sex life that I'm, I'm looking to have with my, with my spouse? I think these things are often short-lived. You know, I know that um, women in general do, would not appreciate it if a man says, well, I'm going to go um, watch some porn for an hour, and then after that I'm going to come into the bedroom, and I will be really turned on, and then our sex life is going to be very spicy. And he might say, well, at least for me. And mm-hmm. I, I think that um, when we are going to these surrogate ways of of trying to uh, live out um, a fantasy. I, th- I think it's distancing ourselves from reality because it's not just about sex. It's about our whole person. Who mm-hmm. am I really? Who is my husband or my wife really? And how do we 
engage together, each other in this way. And instead of having to run away and find another source in order to, to feel that way and then pretend when I'm in the marriage bed, we're better off asking ourselves the hard question, why don't we have intimacy and are we willing to seek out some help? Sex is such an embarrassing thing for most people to talk about. It's the most intimate thing we have in the world, but it's also the thing we it, it needs to be brought into community, but we don't allow that to be talked about in community. I don't allow my frustrations to be talked about in community. And I think that for, for most of us, going to a good you know, Christian counselor is a great way to start that so that then it spills out into our other relationships about what we're talking about and what are healthy expectations we should have with each other in intimacy. Hmm. Yeah, so sex is a microcosm of the rest of your marriage. Sex is usually following the pattern of how intimate or not intimate you are in the rest of your marriage. So it never is just about the sex because we're whole individuals. We're, we're minds, we're wills, we're emotions, we're bodies. And um, the goal in sex isn't just to get turned on. I think some women are so hungry or desperate, that's all they care about anymore. Just give me an orgasm. That's all I care about. Right, which becomes and another drug or an escape. And that's not the goal. The goal is to be turned on by my spouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I promise you, that takes energy, that takes focus, that takes creativity, that takes a lot of honesty. Let's, and that's let's where all the beauty with is. that, Jonalyn, because that's so true. So many times you're hearing that, and I know, once again, we only have two minutes before we go into our commercial break, <laughs> but um, in two minutes, Jonalyn, tell us, <laughs> how <laughs> do we put a Band-Aid on that? Because you're right, so many women are, they're like, I don't, I don't even want to have sex. So what would just be some tips to go, you need to, you know, want and crave that intimacy with your husband. It's not always about the orgasm. Well, it is kind of. I agree. That does play a very important role. But you can have orgasms and not be intimate. You can have orgasms because you're going through the motions and you're, you're dialing in a combination lock and you know how to do it. And then you have the orgasm and you roll over back to back and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's not just about orgasm. I personally think that one of the most sexy things, and I talk about this in movie slippers and in my blogging, is that vulnerability is key to a good sex life, not sex tips. I mean, nothing is so engaging and hot to me as when my husband can say, this is what I like, this is what I want, this is what I think would be fun to do. And that, that sort of vulnerability, it's not him playing a role. He's not playing the pirate and I'm the captive slave girl. That's my husband coming to me as the man I know, the man I work with, the man I love, sharing what he thinks would be fun. And then I engage with that with him. Sharing vulnerably what turns you on in sex is something women need to grow in. And it's embarrassing. We don't want to share what turns us on because it's scary. But that is what honesty is about. That's what sharing vulnerably is about. So many people have sex using the most vulnerable parts of their bodies, but their souls are barred up behind walls. Mm. And sex to be hot must be a body-soul connection. Even Anna in the book Fifty Shades of Grey has this line, I quote in the blog where I write about it. She says, I, do I know Christian intimately? She says, I know him sexually, but I think there's a lot more to know about him. Well, and on that, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Girlfriended Radio. Thanks for listening.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Friday Nightcap Radio, 10 p.m. to midnight with Christy and Laura on Toginet.com. Broadcasting from their scrappy kitchen in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. They've got nothing better to do than riff with their favorite Brooklyn-based independent vendors, artists, bands, bartenders, foodies, weirdos, and news stories. Featuring the live studio audience. Betty Rehab and the Gay Boys. Sex and dating commentary with the impersonal. The unknown political masked man. And people who kind of know stuff. Stream on after your long week. Brooklyn's variety show of madcap intellectualism. Friday Nightcap Radio with Lauren Christie, 10 to midnight Eastern on Toginet.com. Radio like you've never seen. Information is power, the power to change your life. So be here for education to excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to Excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended Radio with Patty and Lisa. And we have been talking with Dale and Jonalyn Fincher, talking about... uh, the book Fifty Shades of Grey, and getting into a little bit more than that on um, how our our sexual intimacy is, it's a whole connection of body and soul. And I'm going to dive right in there. Uh, I'm going to actually talk to you, Dell, from a male perspective. Uh, this is a personal question, so you can say just back off, Patty. But um, how, how do you think uh, just... It, the whole sexual intimacy when you when Jonalyn ended the last segment, just saying how um, it affects you as a whole person. You're not just going in to the marriage. Uh, it's it's everything that leads up to that. And so many times, I think for women this is so significant because it's it's how your husband is treating you throughout the day that all of a sudden you want to just be so intimate and you just want to just love your spouse. So has this affected you at all in your marriage? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, I hear the, the number one aphrodisiac for women is watching a man do housework. So, um, and then <laughs> taking can take care of your babies. There's just nothing like that. Oh, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. Um, I know that um, 
when we went into our marriage, we were very well. We both were married. We were virgins, which I know is uncommon these days. And we we were very prepared, though, with a lot of book knowledge on um, on how to have good sex, and we we had good counsel on it. And even t- today, we recommend very similar things to our friends who are getting married, and we find that those who follow it have a much better groundwork than those those who don't. But I found that even though I had all this sexual knowledge, sexual tips, understanding the biology of a woman, I found that our first year of marriage was a real struggle when it came to sexual intimacy. It wasn't because we didn't know what to do. It was because I felt often emotionally disconnected from from Jonalyn. And it it wasn't that we weren't trying. It was that there were often, and first-year marriage is often this way, there are often things that, that push each other's buttons, set each other off, the ways that you may feel like you're being controlled and manipulated about the, by the other person, but you know that if you were to bring it up, the control and manipulation may be laid on more thickly, and so you kind of back off, hoping you know whatever the tension is will subside. But when it comes to being intimate, if she would request it, if I would request it, 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 there would be this sense of, I don't know if I'm in the mood or I feel like it right now, but it had nothing to do with my biology. It had everything to do with, eh, do I really want to be that close to this person? I'm very intentional of trying to be a real person, not cutting off part of my emotional life just so I could be like, well, let's engage in this activity. I'll slice off a piece of myself. But then when I, when we're done, I'll come back and be my real person again. And um, it, it took a lot of work. We even had little things, to, to little disciplines to try to overcome some of that. Jolin would, would put out like a, a truck, this little wooden truck I had as a kid. She put it on the bed, and it would be a clue that she wanted to be intimate later that, that, later that uh, evening. And, and so then I had to start working and processing through the hurts that I had and start talking about them with Jonalyn so that our hearts were clear when we were coming to the marriage bed. And we found that that doing that harder work at the beginning of trying to be authentic when we came to the marriage bed, it has played itself out now. We've been married for ten and a half years, and I, I can easily admit that our sex life has gotten better and better and better, but not because of the sexual tips and not because of our biology, but because we're, we are knowing each other and we're learning to love each other better, and then that plays out in the, the sexual bed. And it's difficult, but it has been very much well worth it. I love that. And did you, Dell? did you say she puts a truck on the bed? Yeah, she put this little wooden truck. She put it like next to the pillows. And then I'd be like walking by the, maybe the bed to go grab my wallet by the bedstand. I'd see it there. And I'm like, okay, this is Jonalyn's communicating something to me. And she doesn't have to like beg for it or be awkward about it. She just put a symbol out there and it, it you know, set everything in motion. See, well, I think it's awkward, so... you know, saying, I want to have sex tonight. Like, it's just embarrassing. So we decided to have a code, you know, it just makes it a little easier. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that is a significant tip, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I know for, for my husband and I that we have date nights. And um, there's just something about knowing that these these are for sure things. This is like a definite night that it's going to happen. I think that's really good yep. when you you both know it up front because it do, it doesn't make it weird and awkward and I I I right. I, right. I, I that's the expectation. Well, people sometimes think if you schedule sex, it takes the passion out of it, but um, it's kind of like. I mean, there are times when sex is really fun when it's spontaneous and passionate, but there's also fun that, times it's really fun to plan for. You know, sex is much like any physical activity. I know I'm going to go on a five-mile run. I usually like to know ahead of time so I can wear the right clothes. 
And sex is kind of similar that way. It's nice to know ahead of time so you can do things like take a shower or um, relax with a, a glass of wine or a cup of tea and just prepare yourself to be doing something that's very intense and intimate with someone you've been working with, watching a boss teeth, um, talking about frustrations over a dinner, just preparing for that, that can help so much. That's right. And it usually lasts longer and ends up being more satisfying. Well, Absolutely. I love, talk, I love how you're talking about the conversation, the, just the communication, because so many times we're not having those dialogues, those conversations about what... Um, being students of each other, like you were saying, I understood this when she did this, this meant that, and understanding and, and getting where you you know each other, and that so enhances that sexual relationship. And addressing that, because so many times it is hard for women, and, and especially men too, and Dale kind of addresses from a man's point of view, it is really hard to communicate in this area and feel comfortable expressing what you like, what you don't like, and just your needs. Can you kind of address that? Um, yes, that's hard. You're right. It is hard to be vulnerable. It is hard to express our needs. And part of it is because we may not know ourselves. We don't know what we like. And we have. it's good to explore that. And, and I think that's why I think reading books about sex tips and things are important because we may discover things about ourselves. Like, oh, that's, that's what I like and this is how I can talk about it. Or this is what I like and here are some pages in this book that I read and I want to hand this to my spouse and say, hey, what do you think about that? Because this, this, this was, that looked interesting to me. And that's how you can perhaps open up some of that conversation. But um, hard things do not become easier by ignoring them. We oh, have to go to, we have to begin to do the hard work and practice to talk about these things and practice assuming that we are in the safest place in the world with our spouse. If our spouse isn't safe, then we have a whole other set of issues we need to begin addressing. But if our spouse really is loving and exhibits that 99% of the time, I think that we need to assume this is a safe person and I need to grow into being more courageous to let him in or let her in on who I am and what I like. I love that. Um, because it is, it's so much about that intimacy even prior to that. I just, on a funny note, there was a listener that just said that everyone knows not to call her grandparents on Friday nights. (laughs) 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 And you have to love that, you know, especially just seeing it as grandparents. It's like, yes, you know, it's like they, they let the world know this is our night. It's not, it's not time for anyone to interfere. And everybody has sexual desires, men and women. I think when we're all healthy, we all start meeting in the middle on that. And I also know that even the elderly are having very passionate sex. At one point, the AIDS virus is actually spreading. The second most rapid community was spreading and was among the elderly in nursing homes because they were all shacking up together. And that's not necessarily wow. a good thing. But it tells you that the sexual desire and this desire for intimacy and connection goes all the way from the moment we're going through puberty all the way to the grave. Yes, absolutely. And I can't remember um, what, what blog I was reading where, um, similar to what you were saying, Del, on just um, being so open with your communication to even really uh, sharing, you know, at the time when you're being intimate to let each other know exactly what you love and mm-hmm. having those conversations. And so many times we don't, we don't talk about that, even That's when right. we're intimate. And just to, to be able to even open up those doors to be real with each other. Yeah. That's the best way to get out of a sexual rut because we all know what those are like. Just doing it all the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we just have under three minutes till we have to end this show. And again, we just want to say thank you so much for just your willingness to come on the show and to just really be vulnerable and real and raw with with us and with our listeners, because this is a topic that um, we tend to want to, we don't know how to manage it. We don't know how to navigate around it and through it in our conversations and what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And you've given us some really great tips and some things to go to. And one of the things, one of the uh, resources we appreciate is triplexchurch.com just on this you know a broader sense of this and just encourage people to even check that out but um and and just in the couple minutes we have left how what would you like to leave with our listeners just a a a place where they can find you how they can find you how they can keep this you know just some recommendations oh one thing i know um my passion and commitment is to continue to write about what it means to be a woman of sexuality and femininity who follows jesus um, at my blog, which is rubyslippers.org. And I know if women feel isolated but want to talk about things that involve their sexuality, I just welcome them to come comment, read my posts, and engage with the community that is already there. I think they'll find fellowship and learn how to talk about their sexuality without being so awkward. And like mm-hmm. Dale says, hard things don't get easy by not doing them. So I'd say start online in a group of saved people who are committed to Jesus, and I welcome them to come to Ruby Slippers. Um, Salation also, our website, has a lot of free resources. You can even do an, a live chat with Dale or I on a Wednesday evening um, just to have some one-on-one time to hash some of these things out with a Christian theology to back you up, and we can do some spiritual mentoring there. And again, that's free. So we want to make ourselves available. And love that there's a resource in, like with you, Dale, speaking into what is what is healthy, what is a healthy role of a, of a man, and especially in this area of sex, you know, what is appropriate? How should a man truly treat a woman? And so many women have a skewed version of that. So we appreciate you just speaking into that and, and just both of you showing what a healthy marriage looks like and being willing to have those conversations and that dialogue. And so we do encourage our listeners to run to your website and continue the, dilate, um, the conversation and the dialogue and not run from some of these topics. Sometimes, even as believers, we run from these controversial things because we don't know how to handle them or how to have the conversations. Should we should be in learning ourselves what is appropriate, understanding the Word of God and what what His Word says, and just being in dialogue with other believers um, so that we can have those conversations outside of that. And just to close with Psalm 8411, for the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And just love that God is good and He creates. This has been Girlfriend at Radio. Talk to you soon. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show to 